Hello, fantasy friends. I'm Scott Cullen, the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball on the Locked On Podcast Network. In the first couple of episodes, I've looked at draft strategy and a mock first round, examining the top dozen or so players. Now, it's time to dig into the positions. We'll start that digging on the corners at first and third base. For years, first base was a position that offered a big masher who would be the cornerstone for your power numbers. But it's not really like that anymore. If you can get one of the studs at the position, then sure, it can make a difference. But after the first handful of players, it really starts to thin out. and There may not be much difference between the 6th and 15th player at the position. Starting at the top is Cody Bellinger, uh, who, who also has outfield eligibility. He may be the top first base option, though, uh, after his breakout season in 2019. His outfield eligibility may, may be something to consider for uh, a keeper league, but if, if you want to use Bellinger at first base because he's going to hit you 40 home runs and, uh, and get you double-digit steals, uh, that, there's certainly an argument to be made for that. The next first baseman to consider would be Freddie Freeman, uh, who isn't exceptional in, in one category, but he's strong across the board, aside from steals, which is pretty standard for, for first base. But uh, Freeman is a 30-100-100 guy, uh, if you happen to like that kind of thing. Uh, his elbow seems to be bothering him a bit right now, but we, we would need more information before um, deciding to let that affect his, his draft status for this season. Last year's uh, Rookie of the Year, Pete Alonzo, doesn't have a game that is quite as complete as uh, the other sluggers, uh, but uh, you know when you have 53 home runs, who needs a complete game? Uh, he also scored 100 runs and drove, drove in more than 100 runs. Uh, so Alonzo may not have the same home run totals because it's pretty tough to hit uh, more than 50 in back-to-back seasons. But uh, if he gives you 40, uh, you're still looking at a, a hugely valuable player. Uh, maybe Jose Abreu uh, or the White Sox would be next. Uh, and in some ways, Abreu is uh, a little bit like Freeman, uh, has a, l- a little more power and he's not on bases often, which means he doesn't score as many runs, but he's durable and consistent. Uh, and this season, uh, Abreu is looking at having a, a much improved White Sox team around him. Uh, so the numbers should uh, continue to pile up. And you know that's what this is about, piling up the numbers. Paul Goldschmidt, a few years ago, Goldschmidt was uh, a top-tier fantasy star because at first base, uh, he had the power numbers, but he could steal bases and hit 300. But last season, uh, his stolen bases uh, dropped down to just three, uh, and he hit 260. So if those numbers don't bounce back, uh, then Goldschmidt's merely a guy who has hit you know 30 plus home runs in four of the past five seasons, which is good, uh, but not great. It doesn't stand out uh, in the way it did when uh, Goldschmidt was at his peak. Uh, so after Goldschmidt, or, or maybe before, depending on how you feel about him, uh, there's probably a step down to the next group uh, at the position. Uh, and, and this group is sort of a good but flawed uh, group of players. Uh, and you can go with Anthony Rizzo, Josh Bell, Carlos Santana, Matt Olson, Reese Hoskins. You can ride with any one of those guys and you're probably fine. Uh, I'm pretty comfortable actually with Rizzo and Bell being closer uh, in value to Goldschmidt. Um, But the next three, uh, Santana, Olson, and Hoskins, uh, you probably have to sacrifice some batting average if you're going to take those guys, but you you can get the 30 home run pop uh, that you feel would be required uh, to give you good production at the position. And if you can wait uh, to grab players uh, at that stage, uh, whether you're getting Rizzo or Bell uh, or any of those other guys a little bit later, there's a chance for you to pick up some value. 
And obviously that's, that's a big part of this is you want to get value. Beyond that group, uh, though, you start after making some more complicated choices and, and taking some risks. And, and we're probably talking more about corner infield slots, or, but you know, maybe if you're in a 12-team league, uh, it, it also might mean uh, if you end up at the, at the very end of the, the first base uh, selections, you, you start uh, realizing just how thin it uh, is at the position. Um, Yuli Gurriel and Max Muncy, uh, they have eligibility at third and, and second base. Uh, respectively, for Muncy, that that makes him particularly valuable away from first base uh, because his power really stands out at, at second. Uh, same goes for Michael Chavis. And so, you know, as you start taking some of these first basemen that might have eligibility elsewhere, uh, if you take them out of the first base mix, uh, you you can re- end up with some pretty rough selections, I guess, as, as we move fur- further down the list because uh, you, you you start dealing with uh, dangerous batting averages that can drag you down or um, players that don't have uh, consistent playing time and so on. You know, like, like Christian Walker and CJ Crone can deliver you power numbers. Uh, Joey Votto and Eric Hosmer may not give you the ideal home run totals, but but could still give you average and, and score some runs. In Votto's case, maybe maybe last season was just a, a standard drop in production that, that you should expect when, when a guy gets uh, over the age of 35. So, you know, it's possible Votto bounces back, but it's also, you know, reasonable to have a bit of a buyer beware tag on him this season. The thing about first base is is that uh, while there are some risks and and you have to take chances uh, uh, as you get further down the list, it's possible that you uh, can find value and where the question is whether or not those players are going to get enough at bats to really uh, pay off for you. Uh, Someone like Luke Voigt, uh, or Jesus Aguiar um, are probably worth late round consideration because they, they do have the power. And if they get enough at bats, um, you, you can definitely uh, reap the rewards of that. But ultimately, this, this is a story of a position where there aren't as many superstars. So the difference between good and the very good options uh, is relatively small. Uh, and so that means you, you can probably be patient and still come away with decent value. At the same time, if, if you wait too long at first base, you end up seeing how, how that, the depth at the position really falls off. So this doesn't mean to avoid a top-tier first baseman. Uh, it means that if you get a top first baseman, uh, or sorry, if you don't get a top first baseman, that there's still a path uh, to getting acceptable production. So uh, on that note, let's take a break. And when we come back, it will be time to cross the diamond to third base, where there are more superstars and the top players can really make a difference for your fantasy squad. And we're back. Uh, We covered first base and now to the hot corner, where there are some premium bats available. Start with Nolan Arenado. He puts up ridiculous numbers year after year. As long as the Rockies don't decide to trade him, that elite production in a favorable park is worthy of a first-round pick. Uh, Alex Bregman, uh, a, a rising star, uh, although maybe he's one who could end up wearing an extra few pitches this season or maybe an extra few dozen uh, pitches this season. Uh, there may be some uncertainty about Astros hitters co- coming into this year, uh, but I think we have to assume that Bregman is at least very good. Uh, but I'm, I'm willing to listen to arguments on, the, on this one. Uh, I, I'm not quite sure how I feel uh, about valuing um, Houston Astros hitters, so uh, I'm I'm, I'm leaning towards Bregman being a, a high-end option at third base, uh, but uh, maybe I could be convinced that, uh, that I shouldn't be uh, putting him up there right at the top. Um, 
someone who who probably does deserve to be at the top, but he uh, raised some uh, flags early last season. Jose Ramirez. Uh, he had a couple of monster seasons, uh, looked like he was you know on his way to superstardom, and then had a terrible start last year. He was below the Mendoza line as late as June 12th, um, but he turned it around and was, and was really crushing it uh, before getting hurt late in the year. Uh, in his last 56 games, Ramirez had 18 home runs, drove in 55 runs, uh, and hit 325 with a 1075 OPS. Uh, if last season's first half slump was was an aberration, uh, not to be seen again, uh, Ramirez could uh, deliver the best overall numbers uh, at third base. He's he's really been extremely productive in the past three seasons. Uh, playoff hero Anthony Rendon wasn't bad in the regular season either. Uh, he had 34 home runs, drove in 126, scored 117 while hitting 319. That's a monster season, and he's the fourth best at this position. Uh, but maybe he deserves to be mentioned uh, right there with any of the top three. Uh, the question is is whether uh, that 2019 was a career season or, or whether there's more where that came from and uh, whether Rendon can do it uh, in the American League now that he's signed with the Angels. Uh, so those four are fantastic. Star players that weren't first or second round picks on draft day, you can feel comfortable making them cornerstone pieces for your team. Uh, the next couple offer big potential. Not only did Rafael Devers hit 32 home runs last season, he drove in 115, scored 129 while hitting 311, but he also led the majors with 54 doubles. If the 23-year-old converts that doubles power into more home runs, uh, it's conceivable he could put up the best numbers at third base. And, and we're talking about him here as sort of the maybe the fifth best option uh, before the season starts. But uh, the potential for Devers is obviously uh, extremely high. Um, a 24-year-old who was once considered a top prospect and took a major leap forward last season, Yohan Moncada, uh, is a little riskier because he doesn't have the track record of, of the other top third base options. Uh, but if the light went on for Moncada last season uh, and he adds some stolen bases uh, at a position that doesn't tend to offer a whole lot of stolen bases uh, and you know maybe the power numbers continue to improve, uh, he could be one of the most valuable third basemen. Uh, if you're keeping track, uh, we're up to now six really strong options at third base. So we're deeper than the first base side, that, that's for sure. Uh, beyond those six, though, it's not like the talent suddenly dries up. You know, Chris Bryant uh, hits home runs and scores runs. He doesn't drive them in. He's finished with fewer than 80 RBIs in each of the past three seasons. Uh, but he also has outfield eligibility. So... Um, there, there's some value to that in, in having the flexibility for his position. And, you know, Bryant is you know, pretty nice value to get if you're uh, down among the, the second half of, uh, say, third baseman in a 12-team league. So, and even if uh, his first season in San Diego wasn't a peak performance last year, Manny Machado still hit 30 home runs for a fifth straight season. He only hit 256, uh, which was a career low, but he still made a lot of hard contact. Um, so it wouldn't be surprising to see uh, Machado uh, get better average on balls in play. Uh, last year it was 274, which is kind of uh, on the low side, and, and uh, provided he continues to hit the ball hard, the, the numbers should get better. Um, and if he delivers another 30 home run season along with it, then there's lots of value to that. Um, and now a player like Matt Chapman, he doesn't have the same kind of uh, brand recognition as some others at the, at the position, uh, but he scored 100 runs in back-to-back -back seasons, and he mashed 36 home runs last season. So you know, maybe you don't have to pay star prices to get uh, Chapman, but uh, he can give you some pretty uh, good value 
you know, even though he doesn't carry quite the same big name. Uh, now, a big name like Josh Donaldson, uh, the bringer of rain. He rebounded after his bizarre 2018 season uh, and crushed 37 home runs last year. It's the fourth time in five seasons he's hit more than 30. Uh, and he's not MVP-level Donaldson, you know, circa 2015. Uh, but Donaldson, it's conceivable, uh, could give you 40 home runs, 100 runs, and 100 RBIs if he stays healthy. It's not bad if you're into that kind of thing, right? Uh, it's probably not best not to go all in on a 31-year-old on a coming off his breakout offensive season, but uh, Eduardo Escobar had 35 home runs and 118 RBIs last season. Now, he also has second base eligibility, and given the dearth of uh, quality options at second, uh, that may be a better use uh, for Escobar, but uh, certainly a very productive player uh, that, that you could uh, plug in at, at third base too and, and do just fine. Uh, if we're looking at potential uh, someone who hasn't uh, played a full season yet, maybe consider uh, Cardinals infielder Tommy Edmond, a uh, 24-year-old who had 11 home runs and 15 steals and hit 304 uh, and 326 at-bats as a rookie. Uh, provided Edmond stays healthy and plays most of a full schedule, uh, he could tick off some boxes. Uh, certainly with that, those steals numbers uh, would separate him from, uh, from other third basemen. Uh, but it does seem unlikely that he, he would hit 300 again. Um, Edmund also has second base eligibility and like Escobar, um, that does give him uh, a little bit more value because of his positional flexibility. So now we're, we are this far into the third base crop and have yet to bring up Eugenio Suarez, who crushed 49 home runs last season, or Vladimir Guerrero Jr., uh, who didn't live up to the hype as a rookie, but has immense talent and should play a lot. So th this gives you some idea uh, what kind of options are available at third base? Um, you know what, Jeff McNeil uh, looked good for the Mets last season and could be a good value play. And, and if you're digging really deep, uh, Gio Urshela figures to get regular at bats right from the start of the season for the Yankees after his kind of breakout 2019 campaign. You know, third base, it seems to be a position with more multi-position options, guys who have played, can play second and third or third base and outfield, uh, and that might help uh, when you're looking to fill a corner infield spot, um, you know, maybe later in your, in your draft or auction. Uh, in any case, the talent at third base is outstanding, uh, and getting an impact bat early is a great plan of attack because those guys are, are difference makers. Uh, but if you don't get one of the top six, the next six are really productive. So you, you, you almost have to actively try uh, to avoid third base to not come away with uh, a potent hitter to fill that spot in your lineup. So we, we've covered the corners. Uh, that's it. We, tomorrow we will go up the middle as we continue to uh, prepare you for your fantasy draft season. Uh, hit me up with your questions. I'm at ByScottCullen on Twitter. Uh, the show is at LO underscore fantasy baseball on Twitter. And if you want to send me an email, direct it to lockedonfantasybaseball at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So stay locked in with Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your source for daily fantasy news and analysis.